Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Darrow's Daring Thoughts. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you're doing well with your quarantining and staying at home and washing your hands and everything. You know, this is a weird time that we're in right now. And it's giving us opportunities to do various things. You know, some people are binge watching shows. Some people are cleaning. Some people are just cooking everything and organizing, working out, sleeping, or doing absolutely nothing at all. And hey, do whatever you want to do. I'm all for doing what what you want to do and not doing what society or what people think you should be doing. So I'm kind of tired of everybody telling me to work out because I don't want to right now. But this episode is definitely heavy and it is something that I really want all my fellow black people to take serious because, you know, there's been so many things going on with the coronavirus and it is hitting a lot of people and it's not just, it's not about your political affiliation, it's not about your social class, even though A lot of us, you know, are getting hit harder, but it is hitting every single person. But African-Americans are really getting hit hard and for various reasons. And I had some conversation with some people and we had it was, you know, a lot of discussions on Facebook since the Surgeon General came out and, you know, our governor came out and was talking about numbers with the black communities and how it, how everyone is dying from it. And it's bringing up a lot of questions about black people's um, history with the healthcare organiz- with healthcare in this country. And it's a conversation that should have been had a long time ago. I truly think it's a conversation that people have just been ignoring because, you know, it's easier to just ignore it and not talk about it. But this coronavirus is making it clear as day as to our what's going on with the healthcare system and black people. And I actually work in the healthcare system and have been for 10 years, over 10 years. And I've, you know, seen things with insurance on the insurance side, but this is pretty, this is different. You know, it's things that I have never seen before, You know, now I actually live on the south side of Chicago now, and I used to live in the suburbs. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because in the suburbs, I could always go to a store and find everything I need. There's always toilet paper, you know, masks and gloves. And even now my friends that live in the suburbs say, oh, yeah, I can go to the store right now, get some gloves or find a mask. But I live on the south side and I can't find anything over there. I can't find none of the quote-unquote essential items that are needed. And it just makes me upset that even now with this pandemic, you know, we are still suffering the most. You know, we, it seems like we're just so expendable. And I want us to take care of us because it seems as though we can't count on the government to take care of us. We never could count on the government to take care of us. And we have to take care of us. And so this episode, I'm going to just break down some things about our history within the healthcare system, our negative history with the healthcare system, and how the coronavirus is impacting us. For those of you who have not been following, you know, the death tolls and things like that, and how we can 
change it, how we can change it. You know, one thing we can do is stay in our black asses in the house. I'm tired of y'all out with other friends' houses. You know, I don't know what your confusion is with the stay at home order and quarantining at home. That means quarantining in your house with people who live with you. That doesn't mean bring friends over and quarantine together and then go home and just chilling like y'all are having like house parties like I'm like I don't know what you don't understand about it but you may think you're immune to it and you possibly may not get affected by it but your mother your grandmother your other cousin that has underlying health issues may get it from you so I just really want us to take it seriously so I'm just going to break down some things so we can you know you know, help ourselves and even our lifestyle changes and things like that. So stick around, give you some great information, okay? First, I want to talk about the stats that were just released. Now, this is something that just came out um, a couple of days ago, actually, with them um with uh, the World World Health Organization providing stats to us about the people who are really being affected by it we knew we knew a while ago that more men are dying than women and you know things like that but these stats about the races that are being affected by this kind of shocked the hell out of me and a few states have done this all states have not released this information illinois louisiana michigan new jersey um and north carolina are the few states that have issued data showing how blacks are dying at a more um, disproportionate rate than uh, whites and other races. And here in Illinois, our governor just released um, some stats um, saying how uh, 28.4% African-Americans in Illinois and 42.9% of them have died from the coronavirus. So that's a really oh that's a that's a huge number 42.9 percent of african americans have died in the state of illinois from the coronavirus um that's huge especially when you talk about the percentage of how many people are here and also michigan michigan is getting hit really hard and you know uh, we've already talked about how you know, the Flint water crisis in Michigan was never fixed and how they have been hit disproportionately with other other things. And now we have the coronavirus, which is attacking Michigan. And Michigan's um, numbers are kind of scary as well. Um, in, in Michigan, um, 44% is 44% of African-Americans that live in the state of Michigan, but 33% of the coronavirus cases are African-Americans. And 40% of them have died. And that's African-Americans as well. And New York. We all know New York is like the worst state right now with cases out of everyone. Like New York has like over 50,000, 60,000 cases in general of um, coronavirus. And they're getting hit really hard too. And also I have to throw in there that the Hispanic community in New York is getting hit pretty bad as well but what really alarmed me was louisiana louisiana 
had one of the hardest hits in this entire country when it comes to um, African-Americans. Now, we do know they kind of traced Louisiana's um, coronavirus breakout back to the Mardi Gras and how um, that played a huge role in the spread of the virus in the state of Louisiana. And Louisiana has... Um, 70 percent of the deaths related to coronavirus in Louisiana are African Americans. Seventy percent of the deaths, um, twenty nine were white, um, but seventy percent were African Americans, and that's a lot. That's a lot. And um, as of recently, um. There are 32% and they only have 30, their 32% population of African-Americans. So 32% population African-Americans, 70% of the cases are all deaths of African-Americans in Louisiana. Now, this is simply just Louisiana. This isn't, you know, out of the whole country. Louisiana alone is getting hit the hardest as far as Af- deaths in African-Americans. And, you know, if we look back, Louisiana had, you know, Hurricane Katrina and, you know, other things. So it just kind of it kind of moves you, you know, especially as a person of color listening to these numbers. Now, I'm not saying that I wanted to switch to saying whites are dying at 70 percent. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that. I really wish the numbers didn't show anyone dying, um, but it's just unfortunately where we are. But it does seem that when we have pandemics or certain things that happen in this country and even other countries, um, black people seem to get hit the hardest. And, you know, everyone asks, well, why is this? Why is it African-Americans getting hit the hardest? Well, they also came out and said something that we probably all know. The coronavirus attacks people the worst who have pre-existing, um, you know, conditions. And if you have pre-existing conditions, anything, <clears throat> excuse me, any virus um, can actually make you worse. You know, even the regular flu, you know, if you already have, you know, um, lung disease or if you're already a heavy smoker or anything like that, that those things can hurt you in general because you already have a pre-existing health condition, which is you don't have the full use of your lungs, uh, your lung capabilities to breathe and to fight the virus. And we know the worst part of Corona is that once it enters your lungs, you know, it's really hard to breathe. And people who have, you know, diabetes, health, um, heart disease, um, obesity, and other, um, other pre-existing conditions are the worst to, um, get, um, the coronavirus and are the worst to not be able to fully recover from it and then at the end die. And so for African-Americans in this country, um, 60, 66 percent of the african-americans that have died from the coronavirus have hypertension 43.5 had diabetes 24 24.7 were obese 22.7 had cardiac disease 
11.5 had congestive heart failure. All this I found on the World World Health Organization's website. You can go look it up yourself. It is there for us. Again, all the states have not released their um their deaths by race. Um, everyone is demanding these numbers now, but this information is available out there for you to check it out. And it's it's kind of sad, you know, and it always seems like black people have the pre-existing health conditions. Well, you have to layer everything back that I'm telling you. You know, there's a I'm I'm peeling back the layers to get to the root problem. You know, it seems like here in America we want to put a band-aid over everything or we want to label everyone issue, every issue and say, "Well, that's the reason." Okay, well that may be the reason, but what's the reason that that's the reason? And I think that once we start layering un- unwrap un- unlayering um everything we can get to the root of the problem and i think that a lot of people don't want to get to the root of the problem and the root of the major problem in this country is how african americans are treated when it comes to health when it comes to health care like it's really crazy how you're telling people like um you know to stay at home shelter in place you know stay six feet away from um from people and okay that's fine and dandy but what if I live with six other people you know what if I'm crammed in a house with six or seven other people and this is all we could afford or if I live in you know the projects and we don't have a backyard or we don't have you know um an area to stay away from each other and you know on top of that everyone that lives in this house is also an essential worker and they all have to still go to work you know they, they're not able to work from home you know unfortunately you know if you have to work at if you're a postal person or you work for amazon delivery or if you work at a a grocery store you're not able to work from home so you have to be around people and then you have to return home to those same people that you probably shouldn't be around and maybe someone that's in that family has a pre-existing health condition and so it's extremely easy for you know rich people or wealthy people in their mansions or you know to separate themselves you know it was so interesting you know Ellen DeGeneres made a comment recently that kind of got her in some fire by saying that she you know she's so tired of being quarantined you know it feels like a jail and I get I get what she was saying I, I took it as though she was saying you know it feels like a jail because I'm trapped in my home and I can't really be out and you know she wants to be able to socialize but people who are actually in jail right now who are dying from the coronavirus and can't be released and won't be released, they feel different when they hear something about they, you know, you saying that your mansion feels like a jail. When you have a fifty million dollar mansion that you can just, you know, um, go and quarantine in every different corner of your house and probably still have room three months later. To someone who's in a jail cell with someone who's dying and they have nowhere to go and they're only in there waiting on a trial for a stupid drug possession and now they're dying in the jails because of the coronavirus so yeah her comment wasn't taken very well to a lot of people and I totally get why they felt that way and it's just like I said it's un it's not it's not easy 
for us to be um, socially distant from each other. And, you know, it's also been proven that a lot of the um, lower income communities are not getting the testing. You know, we know that there is a shortage of supply of testings everywhere, but a lot of the people who are being able to get tested are not those in the lower income communities. And, you know, it, it's like I said, they're not able to find hand sanitizer. Now they're telling us to wear um, masks when we go outside. When at first they told us, you know, masks aren't helpful. Masks, the masks aren't going to do anything. But now you're telling us to wear the mask, but now you can't find no damn mask. Like I can't find any hand sanitizer anywhere. I am literally, when I go to my office every week at work, I am repumping my old bottles with some of the hand sanitizer that's at work. And that's how I have gloves. I have gloves and a mask because of work. And I'm using the gloves they give me when I have to go to the store because I can't find anything. I am literally leaving here today to go on a toilet paper run because I'm at the point now where I need toilet paper and I have to go far to get it. Like I can't go in my community to find things. It's like they don't restock our communities. They stock all the middle class communities or the suburban communities and expect us to just figure the shit out and you know it's 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 ridiculous and I've been fortunate enough to where I can afford to drive a little further to get some essential things but some people can't some people have to get on the bus with other people that are coughing or wearing masks so it's not that easy for everyone to be socially distant it's not that easy and you know um the the the, the funny thing about all of this is I've, re- I've read something on Facebook that really struck home with me the people that the people the people that are needed right now are the same people that Congress were saying don't need to get paid $15 an hour. The essential workers that we're begging for and needing right now are the same people that everyone was fighting to say, no, they don't need to get paid $15 an hour. No, they don't. Those are the same people we're depending on right now. We're depending on those people to work at the grocery stores because what if, if they didn't, how would we get our food? We're depending on the the Uber Eats drivers because rest, restaurants are closed and we need to order food. We're dependent on the Amazon drivers. Like they have stopped doing prime Amazon. Like you can go on Amazon right now and try to order something. It's going to say it'll come in June. It's hard to get things right now. And those same people that we that that Congress and that the government were saying don't need an increase in pay are the same people they are forcing to work now and are dependent on right now like now we got all these damn commercials everywhere thanking people that work at grocery stores also now we thanking them because we need them but just months ago or last year we didn't give a shit about them because we did not want to pass a bill so they can get paid more so i just found that extremely funny and you know, I've always, every time I go to a grocery store, I always be, I've always been thankful for the bagger or the person who's um, swiping my stuff. Like, I've always been appreciative of them. Now, I'm appreciative of them more because they really are putting their life on the line for us. I mean, they're doing it honestly because they have to, because they need a paycheck, because these jobs don't pay them 
enough. They don't give them paid sick leave. They don't do any of that shit. But they're still at the end of the day putting their life on the lines for um for us. And I just hope that once this is over, we don't take it for granted. You know, when this is over, we still appreciate those people. And that brings my point to where a lot of the black people are those essential workers. A lot of the black people are the delivery drivers, are the bus drivers, are the nurses, the CNA workers, the janitors, you know, the the baggers at the stores, the whatever, the post office um on the postal service workers, you know, there's though there are a lot of African Americans who are those people. So they are inclined to get the virus and possibly die from it. If you've noticed a lot of people here in Illinois who have died from it that were African American worked on the front lines of something. They weren't someone who was just in their house working from home, quarantining and, you know, went to the grocery store and came home and got sick. No, there were someone who was a nurse. There's someone who was a bus driver. There's someone who was a CNA worker or someone worked at a restaurant. There were those essential workers. So, again, how can they socially distance themselves when they have no choice but to be in the middle of the shit? So I think that that's another layer that I just peeled back. So we talked about, you know, hyper, you know, the pre-existing conditions and the percentage of people that are dying. Okay, so your question was, well, why are they dying? Because of these pre-existing conditions. Well, why do they have these pre-existing um, conditions now? So that's the next part I'm going to get to. And they have that because um, back, for those of you who don't know, well, I was a history major, so history is something I love. Back when, you know, they um, abolished slavery and they got rid of slavery and things like that, there was, um, the African-Americans still were not able to have a lot of things in this country, Black people were not able to still go places. And one of the things that one of the places they were not able to do go to were the same hospitals as white people. So they were not able to get the care that they needed. So a lot of black people had to become their own doctors. They had to go to school and start, you know, become doctors and they had to start their own hospitals, you know, their own um they they were midwives, they were nurses, they they started their own hospitals and did their own care for their communities. And because of that, up until now, there's still a lot of racial um, there's still a lot of discrimination in the hospitals and and, and with care. Uh, we see it a lot with, you know, um, pregnant women going to the hospital. We see it a lot how people are treated who have like Medicaid insurance versus someone who has a Blue Cross Blue Shield um, when they're in the waiting room or, you know, I used to work for um, a company called Aunt Martha's. Um, healthcare system which is for low-income families or people with no insurance and I saw a lot of they, they treated a lot of a lot a lot of people and I think AMR this is actually a great organization that a lot of people don't know about but they're in this they're all over the south suburban areas of Chicago 
and they have all great service. They have great doctors. They have great dentist offices. They have great OBGYNs. They're great for families with low income and with no insurance. And it's so hard for them to get funding or keep their funding because the state does not give them the funding or the state takes so long to give them the funding for the people that the state refuses to work to cover. So I don't understand why you don't want to help these people. And there's an organization that wants to help them and meets all the requirements to receive the funding and you still don't give them what they need. And I worked there for two years and I saw so much. I saw so many people who still couldn't afford medications, people who still couldn't afford, you know, even though though they were on Medicaid, you know, especially the mental health. A lot of African-Americans have not were not able to provide purchase their medication. Medications are expensive as hell. And your insurance sometimes doesn't cover everything. So there are people working there countless um, hours trying to help you with, you know, funding for different programs that can give you some type of money to get your free medicine. And it's just amazing how these communities are still treated to this day when it comes to health care. And what really bothers me what really truly bothers me with the healthcare system is um, back when, back when slave, like I said before, when slavery was done, um, they had um, a lot of, um, um, a lot of people who were murdered or hung um, due to, you know, just hell walking down the goddamn street and they were hung or, you know, the slaves that escaped and things like that. They were using those um, bodies for medical reasons. It's not a, it's not a secret. You can go look it up. A lot of black people who were dying back then for whatever reason it were, whether it's because they didn't have enough health care or because they were not able to get medication when they died. A lot of the white owners would use their bodies for different medical reasons um, to, you know, basically test and use as rats to basically test different things on. And one thing that that happened um, that really a lot of people don't know about was the um, Tuskegee syphilis study. Now you can look this up. I'm not making this up at all. Um, But there were hundreds of black men that without their consent were intentionally given syphilis and they were testing, you know, how the syphilis you know treats the body and they were not given the treatment to cure this to cure syphilis so those um, men died and they use that to weaponize against African-Americans and they you know and that's just one example you know you can look up plenty of things that were done to black people um they were they would take dig up their bodies and use them to find different things or to store different things or to take things out of you know black people's bodies um to see why they body didn't react to this like someone else's did and things like that that has something that's been going on for years centuries and this is why black people do not trust the healthcare system today so 
when you tell someone who has, you know, diabetes or someone who has heart disease, they need to get this medication or they need to go see a doctor about this. A lot of people don't go. A lot of people don't. I know the older generation, my, my mother's generation, my grandmother's generation, when they were sick, they, they, they didn't say nothing. They stayed at home. They didn't really care about anything. You know, they say, you know, well, God heal me or they use the home remedies. You know, I'm sorry, y'all. Ginger ale does not cure everything. Sorry. But they would do different things instead of going to the doctor. And I used to always ask my grandmother, like, why won't you go to the doctor? My grandmother was a diabetic and she died very suddenly due to the fact that she was was not taking her medications and you know my mother would say that she did not trust going to the doctor it seemed like every time they would go to the doctor for one thing you get a phone call now they're in the hospital for something else well how the hell did that happen because when they went to the hospital they went for you know a headache how we find how you know how do they have cancer and need the left leg amputated and when they just came in here to find a headache you know things like that were some was something that was happening in a lot of the black communities and so it triggered certain people to be afraid to go to the hospital so all this and all, all this in saying that there are so many layers to what is going on in the healthcare system with african americans and you know, going back to the essential workers, um, my sister is an essential worker at a hospital. She actually is a patient transport, but she also has asthma. So when this whole thing started going crazy, you know, my sister was getting a little scared, you know, and thank God, you know, my sister lives in Minnesota. Minnesota has like the least amount of cases that it one that one of the states with the least amount of cases um with corona and her hospital only had like two or three patients and she didn't have to worry about it but she had to go into work and get measured for the hazmat suit she and she was scared because yes this is her job yes she signed up to be a healthcare worker but healthcare workers did not sign up to not be able to go home and see their families and you know, I think it's unfair that we put these essential workers in arm's way and we don't provide them with the right tools that they need to get through their day. Like we see pictures of nurses wearing the same mask for a whole shift because they're run out of masks. Like a nurse will take her mask off and she has a whole dent on her face from wearing that mask. That mask is not good after the first patient she's encountered why are the workers the people that we are forcing to work the ones that we need why can't they have the tools that they need to succeed you know and it kind of pissed me off because we're saying well this is what they signed up for and it really made me mad because you know we don't say that to the military you know we don't you know we don't we don't we don't throw them in Afghanistan without a gun, without a vest, without te a team of support. You know, we don't give we don't send police officers out there without um, a gun. 
you know, some of them don't need fucking guns, but they still have them and they still go out there and kill people. They have their vests. So if we don't send police officers out there like that, we don't send firefighters out there without their tools to put out a fire. Why are we sending our healthcare workers out there without the proper tools to a treat the patient and a protect themselves? I don't think it's fair. I know they did not sign up to they, they didn't sign up to die. You know, that's not what they're there for, you know. So, yes, caring for the patient is important, but they should be able to know that they can go home to their families. So I want us to appreciate them more, the essential workers. You know, I want us to appreciate the the delivery people a little bit more. You know, I've been someone who's afraid to go to the grocery store, so I've been doing deliver i've been doing jewel delivery whatever please deliver this food because i'm i have anxiety going to the stores when i see so many people in the store and this is the main thing they tell us not to do (laughs) so i have anxiety so i take those moments so if i can do a delivery i'll do a delivery and those people are go instacart i think it is where they actually go in and shop for you so they're doing what you don't want to do putting themselves in it's like it's so many things that are that is happening and i feel like we're not appreciating these essential workers enough and i want us to you know take it more seriously when it comes to that especially african-americans we have to be mindful that we have to be in charge of the changes um, with this virus for us like our lifestyle changes like seriously this has made me say you know what there's a certain things I just can't eat no more there's a certain changes I have to make like I've started taking vitamins heavily when this virus when they first started talking about this virus now I had vitamins but you know we, we'll take well, I'll take it I'll take it the next day I'll take I take my vitamins religiously Ooh, I did not take my vitamins today actually I really did not take my vitamins today. Oops. Okay, I'm going to take them when I go home. So I take, like, I'm so serious. I forgot to take my vitamins today. So, but I have started taking, like, zinc and vitamin B and vitamin D, probiotic, like, religiously every day since this. And I feel a a change in my body, you know, since I've taken those things. And I think we have to do that. You know, the water they tell us to drink, the warm water teas, excuse me, um, you know, just the different things they tell us to do. And I've been doing those things. And I think that we have to be, um, we have to change our lifestyle. I know, you know, we lo- we know I, I grew up in a, in a family where it was a disrespect to leave, walk away from the table if you didn't finish your whole plate especially you didn't even fix your place they fixed your place so they giving you extra stuff just to make sure you're full and they want you to eat it all and you know that's just how you know a lot of black people were raised and we have to make a switch within our communities and we have to help each other you know i may not be a person who knows how to cook healthy food but there's somebody else that does and you know help their healthier soul food options honestly like there's so there like there's like vegan soul food dishes there's a lot of things we can do in our community to help each other so we're not at the top of the list when it comes to 
you know, having these pre-existing conditions. I'm fucking tired of us having all the pre-existing conditions. Let's help each other get better physically, mentally, and, you know, um, socially and knowing the things we should eat and the things we shouldn't so we can stop putting things in our body that causes us to have pre-existing conditions so we can live longer and be able to fight our bodies are supposed to naturally fight these viruses you guys and we're not being able to because of all the things that we have hurting us i'm an overweight guy so i'm i have a pre-existing condition which is obesity when it, if it comes to this virus that would be hard for me to fight off you know even though i take my vitamins i feel healthy but because of my weight you know, that affects my heart, that affects my lungs and just natural things that I can't fight off. So, you know, we have to help each other, you know, and we have to help each other in our communities because we don't, as you can see, the government isn't, the government isn't doing it. The government isn't helping us. So, you know, instead of spending your stimulus check on some new shoes or some, you know, um, whatever, you know, some cr- bullshit, some crap, you know, use that money to pay your bills, of course. And if you got something to live, you know, get you some vitamins, you know, get you some fruits and vegetables. You know, when this whole pandemic happened, you know, the vitamins, the vitamin owl was, wasn't touched. The fruits and vegetables were still sitting there, but y'all buying spam and shit. Like why? Like, ew? like why? Like, no, it's not the end of the world. You don't need spam. You know, like, ew, like, I don't know, it's 2020, why are we still eating spam? Ew. You know, let's, let's stop. Like, we have to, we have to take some accountability. We have to take some accountability, accountability. Yes, the government is doing their shit and shitting on us, but we don't need to assist them in that. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, let's help each other out. And I definitely want you guys to look more into our history with healthcare. It's a lot of stuff that I did not talk about. Um, I was researching it and I was like, yeah, I don't want to talk about that because it kind of pisses me off with a lot of things that they were doing to our bodies and using us as these testing kits. Uh, We see it today that they wanted to use people in Africa for coronavirus testing. You know, they wanted to go over there and it's like, why? why are you bothering them they they've they've eliminated a lot of their cases in africa but they wanted to take some some type of quote-unquote antibody that they thought could help fight coronavirus they wanted to go test people in africa about it come on now we, we have to stay woke and pay attention to what the government is doing but we cannot make it easy for them to shit on us we can't so I want to thank you guys for listening to me. I definitely appreciate it. And if you live in one of the states that I didn't mention, you should, you know, contact your governor's office and demand them, which is a lot, which is what a lot of people are doing, demanding those offices to release those numbers and those deaths, um, those races that have been affected by the coronavirus. And the numbers may shock you like they've shocked me, but let's stay safe let's stay inside let's quarantine with who lives with us who's on our lease who's paying bills in the house stop having parties you know because i guarantee you if we keep doing what we're doing we're gonna be sitting up in here to september okay be safe 
love you guys and check out the rest of the episode since you have so much time to follow me on social media you can go to instagram i'm very active on instagram um it's cordero underscore santiago follow me on instagram to just stay in touch with everything i'll talk about um it's cordero underscore santiago i'll update you on um the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to i'm so excited that i have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed, or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode, I have an email address for you to do all of those things. The email is darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. So I'll spell that for you. Darrow, D-A-R-O-D-A-R-E-S-U. Darrowdaresyou at gmail.com. Send me an email. 